Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jonathan All. With the Better Together proposal that had sought to consolidate much of St. Louis City and county government now no longer up for consideration, what's next for our region, especially when it comes to addressing racial equity issues? Focus St. Louis is asking this question and much more at a free event sponsored by the organization tomorrow night at 5.30 in the Missouri History Museum titled Equity in City-County Reform, Political Representation, and Criminal Justice. The gathering will bring together a variety of speakers from both the city and county. Currently, more than 275 people are already registered. Some of those involved with the event also join me now in the studio, St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell, Christina Garmendia, who is the author of St. Louis Equity Indicators Baseline Report that was released earlier this year. She's also a staff member at Washington University's Race and Opportunity Lab at the Brown School, and Wally Seward, Director of Civic Engagement and the Impact Fellows Program for Focus St. Louis. Uh, Wesley, Christina, and Wally, thank you all for being here today to talk about this. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Thank you. Um, we will talk a little bit more directly about the event tomorrow night in just a second. But, uh, Wesley Bell, I have a couple of questions for you that are related to this first. Um, Kim Gardner's having a news conference tomorrow about the grand jury investigation into her office. And many of her supporters say that investigation was racially motivated. And I think that's a very relevant issue to what Focus St. Louis is talking about. Do you think that, that the investigation into your counterpart's office was racially motivated? Um, as you all know, I've been in office six months. And um, so we've been focused on um, getting our office and implementing our refor- the reforms that we were voted in uh, to, to implement. And so that's been our focus. And, mm-hmm. and what I will say is that, um, you know, I know I support um, Kim. Um, we need to support our area, our regional leaders and so that's a tough job, and as I've seen, six months in. And, and so, um, you know, but our focus has been on St. Louis County and, and getting this office going in the right direction. Do you, do you think that, that the, the concerns about the investigating being racially motivated, do you think that takes a step back from some of the things that you're trying to accomplish? That it, it, For the region, not just you specifically, but in the region and the idea that we want to make sure that there's a criminal justice system that is fair to all people. Do you think that the, this investigation is a distraction or steps back from that or moves further away from that? Well, I, I think that um, um, any time that um, you, you see a situation like this, it's not going to be beneficial to the region. Uh, having said that, as many know, there's a gag order in place. And so we're limited in what, in the information that we know. I know that's something that the circuit attorney is, is, um, has, has uh, um, ex- been vocal about wanting to be able to speak about it. But, you know, as a result, I, I don't know all of the details of it. Okay. And, and, but in the meantime, we, you know, we, we want that office to do well because when that office does well, the region benefits. Now, another issue that was uh, big with you uh, in, that I know is taking a lot of your time and attention right now is the five people who were killed over the weekend in uh, North County. You've charged two men with that crime. Um, not to get specifics into that case per se, but how do you feel this multiple homicide reflects on the efforts to reduce violent crime in the county and, and, and uh, accomplish some of the things that you've wanted to accomplish with uh, with uh, public safety? Well, I think that we, we talked about this. I've talked about this for the last year and a half to two years and, and longer, is that we need to comprehensively address um, socioeconomic 
racial um, um, issues and, and, and lack of equity because when we talk about public safety, all of these things are related. And, and, and so I would borrow from uh, Dr. Seward is that we need to focus on the process, and the process includes bringing all of our community partners together because if you just want to see crime reduced and you um, – and you want to put it on the shoulders of law enforcement as well as the prosecutor's office, there are things that we can do. But are we going to get the but the best outcome, the most effective outcome, is when we get everyone involved, our, our, our public entities, our, our, our stakeholders, excuse me, in education with jobs and job training, um, organizations like Urban League and, and so many organizations um, across this region um, that are – that are jumping in the fray to to address this problem. So I think what ha- what we saw over the weekend is, sim- is 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 symptomatic of a of a much larger problem that needs to be addressed. Perfect way to transition into. Let's talk about talking, <laughs> because uh, the event tomorrow night seems to be very much focused on having open dialogue and discussion. Something that arguably didn't happen with the Better Together program, or at least did not happen to the satisfaction of a lot of people that ended up not having any buy-in. My question for whomever would like to start is, what's going to be different? How do you have those that discussion? How do you have that community-wide discussion into this so that everybody feels like their voices are heard, even if what they have to say doesn't end up being in a final plan or uh, path forward? Uh, the point about voices being heard is really important. Right? Democracy works because every single citizen has this vague belief in the back of their head that no matter what decision gets made, at some point in the process, their point of view had its five minutes at the table, right? Um, so that's what we're hoping to do. And the reason this is different from prior, uh, from the Better Together effort is we're not putting forward a plan. Uh, are we don't have a stake in exactly how this is done. Instead, we want to ask questions. Uh, we want to determine what are the questions we need to ask of any plan that comes forward. Uh, because this is a, something the, the region still needs to address. Uh, so bringing in the folks that are working on the ground on these issues uh, and uh, opening it up to conversation from the community before anybody decides what a plan should look like, I think is is that right step of taking 10 steps back uh, before we move forward again. Now, I don't want to – the Better Together plan is a dead horse, and there's no point for us to beat it here today. <laughs> but Better Together said that same thing. They said that they had community forums. They claimed that – that uh, voices were heard. But then when their plan came to the table, many people, especially people of color and in minority communities, said, no, our voices were not heard. So what do you all learn from that to make it different this time? I think the important point is uh, allowing people into the room and allowing them to be heard and getting down to the nitty-gritty of the issues. Uh, Just as a for instance, I went to a lot of those forums before the Better Together plan was released, and none of the controversial details of the plan were ever discussed. No one talked about dissolving St. Louis City into unincorporated St. Louis County until the plan was actually rolled out. Uh, with a language ready to go to the Secretary of State. So you don't create language and roll it out ready to go to the Secretary of State uh, without having talked about that language and then call it a community process. Now, I give Better Together a lot of credit for having brought the region to a point where we're talking about this again seriously for the first time in decades. Uh, But I think there's a better process to be had. 
Uh, Christina, let's talk about you, the report that you, uh, you put together, um, your findings, what you found in it, and, and how data can inform uh, a process that is highly emotional and personal. Yeah, so I was brought in on a grant-funded position, the Rockefeller Foundation, and I was um, embedded in the mayor's office for just over a year to, uh, and the charge, the task I was given was to identify uh, metrics, so to identify ways to measure progress or lack of progress towards achieving racial equity across a really wide scope of issues. Um, And so part of the process um, I uh, applied was talking to department heads to understand what metrics do they use today, how do they measure success, and how can we embed racial equity in a way that makes sense for them to achieve their goals. Um, So that was the type of approach I tried to take um, to really take the Ferguson Commission's work to the next level um, to help. I think it is a challenge for people to, to know how to, what, what does it mean to have a racial equity lens and what does it mean for my work? Um, and so that was part of my task was to really bring language to create just a standard set of data for across the city um, around those issues. A good friend of mine once said, data isn't good or evil. It's what you do with it that matters. Mm-hmm. And Sarah on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page has this question. As a community, how can we use the data from your report to make a change? Yes. So data is only good if you actually use it to hold people accountable. Um, and so one one way to hold people accountable is to ask them to uh, make reforms to reduce racial disparities in the areas that matter to them. Um, and then I think one uh, downside of my report is that there is only one uh, report. Uh, it's a baseline report, so it's designed to be measured again so we can measure, see whether the interventions that we're doing, the reforms that we're making, are actually making an impact on reducing racial disparities. Um, And so that is critical. Um, You need that data to even hold um, institutions and leaders accountable for uh, what they're responsible for doing. I'd like to to broach the subject of uh, law enforcement Mm -hmm. um, because one of the um, things that was, it, at least it appeared to be enticing about Better Together, was the idea that some kind of consolidated police force throughout the county could standardize practices and procedures, um, make it f- more fair, um, make a situation where people had more trust in law enforcement, and there weren't a number of small uh, police forces that may have felt disconnected from the communities that they were charged with protecting. Um, Wesley, can you maybe speak to, do you still think that's possible? Do you still think that's a good idea? Or is part of what you want to know whether the average person walking on the street in St. Louis or Florissant or Ferguson would see that as a benefit? You know, what I'll say is in law school, one of the best pieces of, it, pieces of advice I, 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 I was given was don't skip steps. And and this is um, to... Um, Christina's um, point as well as uh, Dr. Seward is that we have to uh, make sure that we're um, including the community engagement part component of of anything that you're going to do. And I'll, and and as a quick anecdote, Venita Park and Venita Terrace, the first two cities to voluntarily merge in St. Louis County. 
there was not a plan that was forced down voters' throats. They put a plan together with public input. They sold the plan, and then they put it up for vote, and the the voters decided to do this. And so with our with the police departments, same thing. Philosophically, it sounds like a great idea. The problem is is that most communities think that consolidation is, is good, just not in my community. And, and so what we have to do is we have to make sure that we're not skipping steps. If there is a plan that we're going to put in place, we need to make sure that there's input on the front end, as Dr. Seward said, that there's plenty of opportunity for uh, discussion and, and cross-examination of any plan. And then put something out there that voters can actually make a determination um, about, and 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 so I think that we can't start from the from the from the end and work our way backwards. We have to start with the community engagement and see where our residents want to go. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue with this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio ninety point seven KWMU. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jonathan All. Now back to our conversation with St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell, Christina Garmendia, author of the St. Louis Equity Indicators Baseline Report, and Wally Seward with Focus St. Louis. Um, We're talking about getting buy-in and not having a plan ahead of time and getting the buy-in first. People can be skeptical, especially after what I think is generally considered a fiasco of better together. What would you say to someone, any of you would say to somebody, say, they really have a plan. They're just holding these public hearings to see if what we say goes along with the plan that they're waiting to release before they hear what we say. How would you deal with that skepticism and questioning? You know, I I would say people can sniff out an authenticity fairly quickly. And, And in my previous life, if you will, as a Ferguson City Councilman, that was one of the things that we we realized uh, was was an issue was that people did not feel that they had that their voices were being heard from leadership from different governmental entities and so myself and others Ella Jones being being one person that I work closely with um, um, we set up a, 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 a different events where we could talk to people in small groups large groups be it town halls be it small group meetings what have you. And um, and listened. And, and as a matter of fact, one of the things that we did, we called our listening circles so that we didn't have any plan to put forth. We didn't have any agenda. We just wanted to hear from from the community. And so if you're doing it from an authentic place, people will know. But again, as as, as my two counterparts know, there's still going to be uh, people who will, will question it. But I think that you have to if you if you're going forth in a good faith in a good faith manner people will see. I think that's a really strong point about people being able to ferret out inauthenticity relatively quickly. And one of the ways to think about it, when the Ferguson Commission first started, the first couple of meetings of the Ferguson Commission were awful. I mean, they were people (laughs) screaming and yelling, getting up, rushing the stage. They were really terrible. Uh, And the commission was kind of willing, didn't have much choice, uh, but was also kind of (laughs) willing to sit there and listen and eventually, once people understood that their anger was uh, was being heard and was getting out there, things calmed down and they got to a productive conversation. Well, then maybe it wasn't terrible. Did that need to happen? Do, yeah. we, do we need to have tomorrow night, while I'm sure it's going to be a civil and very well-run organization, do you need to let people yell mm-hmm. and scream a little bit 
um, if, if, if that's what it uh, is necessary to get people's ideas out there. If you want to do authentic community engagement, get comfortable with discomfort. Uh, there's just no way around it. Uh, there's no question about that. So is Focus St. Louis, you know, is this is, – is Focus St. Louis going to take the lead on something? No. Uh, <laughs> what Focus St. Louis uh, thinks of itself as an organization that likes to create a good leadership ecosystem here in the region. And that includes creating community conversations where we can play the role of neutral convener. And that's really important to us. We're not coming to the stage with a plan. We're not coming to the stage with an agenda. We want to be the space where people who might not otherwise be able to come together and talk will know that they're going to have a conversation that is – relevant and gets into the real issues, but also framed well so that everyone can stay at the table. We're not papering over the issues in the interests of some kind of, uh, you know, false civility, but we're also hopefully having that conversation in a way that's productive. And just to to add, if that's okay, Jonathan, um, as a graduate of the Focus uh, Focus St. Louis and, and, and the great work that they do, um, I think it's important that understanding that process that there is a role for every for everyone, and everyone's role is is not going to be identical. and And I think Focus St. Louis does a great job of facilitating a lot of conversations and bringing resources together. and And that talking p- component that we talked about before, as Abraham Lincoln said, um, "If you give me four hours to cut a tree, I'm going to take three hours sharpening the axe." Um, and I think that that's important. And I think the role that they that they uh, the, the void that they feel is so important to, uh, as we look to resource map to look at all of the different resources that we have available so we can help bring effective solutions. But if the main failing of Better Together was that there was a lack of um, meaningful dialogue and open communication, and the one organization that is seems to be more dedicated to that. Isn't there some obligation for you to not just do part one but see it to part two? Because if not you, then whom? And how can you trust those people to build on on what you do? Isn't, it, isn't there some obligation to step into the void, not just the void of, of people not having the conversation, but the void of people to putting together a plan that actually has buy-in? Well, I appreciate uh, that you want to give Focus St. Louis uh, uh, this much kind of uh, ability to make change in the region, but that's not really our role. Um, what I want to point out— Could it be? Uh, <laughs> we don't want to step into, the poli- into it being our policy that's moving forward. Um, there's a constitutional process that's going to be happening be right your, now. It wouldn't be your policy. If you do this convening the way that you say that you're going to and you really do have all voices heard and what you come up with at the end of whatever process you do is a real understanding of how people think, who better than Focus St. Louis than to say, okay, here's what people say. Here's a plan. But Jonathan, I'll tell you I, who better. I, I, the Board of Freeholders. I got to say, Jonathan, and, and I, I appreciate the, the comments, but you're doing exactly what we're talking about. You're telling them <laughs> what they should be doing as opposed to understanding this is their role and, 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 and they do a good job with that role. But also, to your point, this is a huge undertaking. And so it's going to take a lot of discussion. It's going to take a lot of organizations getting involved and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, focus St. Louis being one of many. But I think you make an excellent point. Well, I'm just uh, – my, my point is that if you are relying on someone in some political office or someone else to do that, isn't there a huge risk of 
all the data that you've collected, all the conversations that you have be completely ignored by someone who puts together a proposal for political purposes and then it ends up in the same place that Better Together did. If you hand over political power to others, there is always a risk that everything you wanted to have happen will get lost. But handing over political power to others is part of what being a community process is all about. And there is a constitutional process currently underway to create a board of freeholders from the county and from the city to look at this process. They are the appropriate legal authority to consider this. Now, what I what I hope is that the converse, this conversation, and if we have more, um, informs the questions that are asked of that board of freeholders. Hold their feet to the fire and make sure they're answering the the uh, questions that the community has and the concerns that the community has. For instance, about uh, uh, to talk about Christina's equity indicators report for a moment, some really interesting data in there about where in the process of folks coming in and applying for a police officer job and becoming a police officer, we're losing all of our African-American candidates. So once we understand that, we can bring pointed questions to the process of how a new police department might look. Christina, can you go into that data a little bit more and maybe other examples that your data might lead to something that would be part of a proposal from somebody someday. Before I do that, I do want to mention, you know, one uh, huge gap, I think, in the St. Louis ecosystem is watchdog organizations, um, people that are able to hold institutions accountable. um, And, you know, the biggest uh, elephant in the room is that the current watchdog in this room is you, the press. Um, and we're on it. <laughs> uh, so I think there is an, a, a gap. I mean, the work I did on the equity indicators report does not have a new home. Um, it's frankly, it's awkward for a mayor's office to be undertaking uh, its own accountability work. Um, and the, and I think, uh, the new home for such uh, this type of work to continue it to do the next report and actually so all those reforms that Wesley Bell proposed do those work um, and, and it can't come from within his own office right um, so I think there does need to be an outside body that has and I think it's really hard to be neutral on these issues mm-hmm. um, uh, so it's hard for a lot of the institutions that currently exist in St. Louis that pride themselves on their neutrality uh, to take on that role, and that includes the universities. So if if the mayor and the county executive appoint the board of freeholders, are, is the mayor and the county executive going to be there tomorrow night? Uh, not that I know. That seems to be a problem. It's relatively rare that elected executives uh, will insert themselves into a community conversation um, that someone else is setting up, that someone else is centering, that someone else is setting the agenda for. Um, so I, I, I didn't expect them. What I do expect is that when that Board of Freeholders is appointed, and it's not just the uh, mayor and the executive, by the way, the legislative bodies in both uh, arms get also sure. get a say as well. Uh, what I do expect and hope is that the questions that we ask uh, are brought to bear on who it is that sits on that Board of Freeholders. And ultimately, it, it, it's not it, – you're encouraging the people to hold their elected, res- yes. elected officials responsible yes. for what – 
the community conversation entails. Yes. To try to and, – and we could talk about this for three hours, but to try to, <laughs> to, to make sure there's a really important point I want to make sure that we get to. One of the critical reasons why Better for Together did not succeed was that the African-American community felt disenfranchised, ignored, and that the proposal was something that would re- dramatically reduce their uh, representation and political influence. Um, do you think that that can be avoided in the future? And what role does community conversation have in making sure that that minority communities um, feel like like they are part of the driving force of what it looks like? Because I think seat at the table is probably even patronizing. I mean, part of like being part of the driving force of making this happen. I think that uh, when we talk about making sure people's voices are heard in this particular conversation, African-Americans, um, I think those having those difficult conversations um, um, and not just and not just window dressing, but actual conversations, whether it be um, finding people where they are, whether, whether it is going to barbershops, whether it's uh, conducting town hall meetings um, or what have you, um, there are ways that we can have these conversations. And we've seen it with um, record turnouts in St. Louis County, um, uh, particularly in North County in, 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 2000, in 2018. In 2000, um, yeah, 2018. But um, what, what I think the biggest issue with Better Together was the idea that the state should be voting or, um, uh, yeah, the, the state should be voting on a St. Louis issue. That's like if Missouri decides to ch- change its constitution, we have a nationwide vote. We're, that that would be ridiculous. And so the non-starter, and, and I think we can even go before, um, uh, we can go, go before this issue is that St. Louis County and St. Louis City residents should be the ones making the decision. And if you're doing that from a from a place of authenticity, then African Americans and minorities will have that seat at the table and be able to participate in those discussions. But once you start bringing others in, into the 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 uh, a place where they shouldn't, where it's not appropriate for them, for example, again a statewide vote, that's when you start running into problems of disenfranch- disenfranchisement and these questions that you're talking about. So you think it was more about the fact that you know I'm I'm here from Rolla that someone from Rolla would have a vote on this. That was a bigger issue than. Um, than some of the issues of representation and who the county executive, who the who would be running the show and how they'd be, uh, you think that was a bigger I think issue? We, I think we got to eat and chew gum. I think both of them. We got to eat and chew gum at the same time. These are both. It's a non-starter to allow. And again, my son's in Rolla at, at the University of Missouri S and T, but as but Rolla, Missourians from Rolla shouldn't be voting on what we do in St. Louis City and St. Louis County, uh, but. In addition to that, yeah, we, we did have issues with, with, with minority uh, communities, African-American communities not getting their uh, a fair say and being heard in this process. The event that Focus St. Louis is hosting is tomorrow night at 5.30. It is Equity in City-County Reform, Political Representation, and Criminal Justice. It's at the Missouri uh, History Museum again tomorrow night at 5.30. I'd like very much to thank our guests for being uh, on the program with us. St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell, Christina uh, Garmendia, uh, the author of the St. Louis Equity Indicators Baseline Report, and Wally Seward with Focus St. Louis. Thank you all very much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. 
This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.